2: the madhouse chicago hockey podcast is brought to you by fry the coop triple threat sports dr squatch and by the since-in-law group here are your hosts nbc chicago's james Naveau, and 670 the scores hockey guy jay zawoski let's drop the puck
0: Welcome in, Blackhawks fans. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. My name is James Nouveau from NBC5 Chicago, and with me, of course, as always, is the one, the only, Jay Zawoski of 670 The Score of the I'm Fat Podcast, and a SAG Award-nominated actor for his tremendous work in the 1991 film Home Alone. Jay, how are you doing tonight?
1: Wow, I'm doing great, and I'm still waiting for that award to arrive. Must be lost in the (laughs)
0: mail. You were only nominated. You lost. Oh, man, that sucks. Who beat me? Uh, man, who would have won the SAG award in 1991? Um, let's just, let's assume it was either Tom Hanks or Denzel Washington. I I will concede. I will concede to both those
1: guys because they're slightly better actors than me. Slightly,
0: slightly. Only slightly. You know what? Your, uh, your humbleness is honestly why you're the most popular (laughs) man in Hollywood.
1: Definitely. All right. Thanks everybody for joining us here on the Madhouse podcast. Email us madhousepod at gmail.com. We're on Twitter at madhousepod.com instagram madhouse underscore pod of course we're on facebook just look us up madhouse chicago hockey podcast and we're on patreon slash madhouse pod if you want to throw us a few bucks every month that's very very helpful and finally madhousepodmerch.com t-shirts hats hoodies tank tops anything you can imagine with the madhouse podcast logo or logos on it they've got it that's powered by our friends at triple threat sports so much to get to today we're going to start things off with the Blackhawks 4-3 win, overtime win, over the Columbus Blue Jackets. Then, of course, we're going to get into all the trade deadline breakdown. We have a bunch of audio from Stan Bowman and other people as well. So we're going to cover this thing in depth. This will be a nice, long Madhouse podcast. So sit back, relax, and strap it down, as Hawk Harrelson likes to say, between sips of vodka. All right, James, Hawks win 4-3 in overtime. Brandon Hagel with the overtime winner, I'm going to give you the floor first. Just your general observations on this.
0: Actually, pretty big win for the Hawks. I do have to uh, correct the record. Uh, the first SAG Awards were held in 1995, uh, not 1991. So I kind of screwed that one up. And Tom Hanks did win the award that year. So
1: <laughs> I, won it the, was a gr- I won the SAGgy award.
0: Uh, oh, nice. I'm fat podcast boy. I like it. mhm <laughs> Different. <laughs> A- any any hoodles. Um I I think the big impression from the game is is that, yes, the Blackhawks did end up like really kind of chasing it towards the end of regulation. I know that a lot of folks had kind of thought that they just about lost that game. I can definitely get behind that mindset. But I can also get behind that there were some really good uh, individual performances tonight, especially with some of the injuries that the Blackhawks had to deal with and some of the other uh, shenanigans that were going on. I think it's huge obviously to beat a team that's kind of chasing you in the standings that you're kind of neck and neck with for a playoff berth. And the Blackhawks have been able, they've been struggling to do that against some teams that have been chasing them. They have been able to do it against the Columbus Blue Jackets winning their last, I believe five in a row now against Columbus, which is huge. Uh, Big time credits to the Blackhawks for uh, finding a way to get that key second point tonight. And I know it's obviously been a really uh, tough slog for the Blackhawks lately. They really haven't been playing. Playing their best hockey but when they needed some big individual performances tonight they really did get them and it was especially huge considering like I said some of the injuries and some of the other stuff they had to deal with
1: yeah they basically played that game with four and a half defensemen Adam Boquist left the game after taking a puck in the face in the first period Jeremy Calton, after the game said he's dealing with concussion symptoms which not is not good not good at all because he's really been playing well and then he also said Calvin DeHaan sort of tweaked his hip pointer uh, in the course of the game. And he was sort of missing in the beginning of the third. Eddie O sort of pointed that out. And then all of a sudden, he came out again for the end. But he's playing hurt, too. Oh, man, it, it was a gutsy win. And it, it wasn't pretty. They're not going to pretty be pretty, especially now that the Hawks have traded two of their more dependable veterans in uh, Soderbergh and um, Janmark. But, hey, I am all in. On watching these kids play. And one thing that we haven't mentioned yet that I thought was interesting, the scratch on the blue line tonight Oh yeah, was Nikita Zadorov, who over the last 24 hours or so was picking up some heat in the trade rumors. We saw that Boston and Winnipeg were sniffing around uh, the Hawks for Zadorov. The Hawks ultimately decided to keep him. But interesting that that would be the guy they choose to sit. And look, a lot of Hawks fans would say, and, and I can't really disagree, it's about time. He has not been consistent. He's made some dumb plays. He's made some bad plays, and he's really been the one, air quotes, veteran type guy that that hasn't really had to, to face any consequences of a scratch this year. But Kalnick's been so good, you wanted to get Riley Stillman in the game, so Zadorov was was the odd man out. Now, if Boquist and and Dehan are banged up, he's going to be right back in there. But I like Jeremy Calhoun. This is one thing I've always praised him for. He plays the guys who deserve to be to play. He does. He does that. Yeah. He is not afraid to sit down a veteran. He sent Brent F Seabrook down. He's going to sit down and keep if He deserves it. So kudos, man, get those young players in, get them playing time. And we're going to get to the trade deadline, of course, next segment. But my big takeaway is Stan Bowman has not lost sight of the ultimate goal here and his development and it's, uh, you know, rebuilding on the fly and, and all the moves they made today represented that. And, and the things they are doing on the ice now are lockstep with that. And I, I, I really like that.
0: Yeah, I really like that Jeremy Colleton also got the new guys in extremely quickly, obviously. I know Brett Conley not exactly a spring chicken. He is a guy who's been around the block a few times, but Colleton threw him right into the mix today, got him out there on the power play. He obviously scored a really key goal for the Blackhawks in the game. I like to see that from him. Riley Stillman, I believe, had a couple of block shots, and he also had four hits and obviously played a ton with how many uh, Blackhawks defensemen were missing in action during that game and I just thought that it was really interesting that he just wasted no time and just was immediately of the mindset that he wanted to get those guys in there and play in their first game. And I appreciated that. And they look like they fit in well. Obviously, there's still going to be some learning pains getting used to the system and things like that. But I like that he didn't slow play it. I like that he immediately recognized, hey, we just lost Yanmark. We just lost Soderbergh, a couple of key veteran guys who filled a lot of different roles for this team. And he trusted that Stillman and Conley were going to be able to come in and immediately kind of jump onto the ice and make an impact in those areas, and I liked that Colleton didn't try to cobble something together when it wasn't there. I liked that he wasn't trying to throw Ryan Carpenter out on the power play or David Camp or anything like that. He immediately went to Conley. I thought it was a really smart move by uh, Jeremy Colleton in that game tonight, and Obviously, the line combinations are going to be extremely fluid when you're triple shifting Patrick Kane. But I liked some of those types of decisions that Collinson made tonight. He was not afraid to throw those guys into the fire. Let's spend some time on those
1: two guys, Brett Connolly and uh, Riley Stillman, because they were they were significant tr- contributors. Yeah, that's the word to the yeah. uh, I was like, contributants. <laughs> I'm like, What's the word? Contributor. Let's slap that on a t shirt
0: with <laughs> the Blackhawks'
1: best contributors. Contributants. Yeah. So before we get to our analysis of it, pulled some tape uh, from the uh, week past. And I want to get Stan Bowman's comments on these two guys here in the first segment. This is from earlier in the week. We're going to start with his comments on Brett Connolly, and then we'll get to his comments on um, Riley Stillman.
2: Brett's contract, I look at it as a manageable contract amount for uh you know he's he's been a pretty consistent goal scorer in the league um, and not so much this year but you know his role hasn't been that um consistent this year but you know looking back at his last couple of years and uh in particular you know he was pretty good contributor to a stanley cup winning team in washington uh you know, he had some size to our group which we don't have a lot of at the moment and i think that's something that uh it's never a bad thing he's got a great shot uh, he's a goal scorer. He's one of those guys that doesn't need a lot of opportunities. Got a really good release, uh, so we think that he's someone that can can fit in with this group. So um, you know, from that part of it, wasn't too concerned about his contract. Um, you know, and I think it was really the combination of what we saw in Connolly plus the other pieces, which was pretty attractive to us.
1: So a lot of what Sam Bowman said there is what you saw from Connolly, especially on the game time, going to third period, sort of working himself off the boards, finding space in the slot and releasing that shot quickly past Corposalo. I liked his game and it didn't play a ton. You know, uh, he's still working his way into this new lineup. He was on the fourth line. So, you know, he's not going to play all night long, just 1305, but two shots on goal. And of course the goal, I liked what I saw from him. And Mm -hmm. after the game, I have not heard these comments. I just read them but it sounded like he was a little annoyed with how things went in Florida. Just saying it didn't work out there. I'm just really happy to be with an organization like this about joining the Blackhawks. So maybe we'll see Brett Connolly get back to the guy he was before this season, because look, you know, he struggled obviously in Florida, but like Bowman said, he's had some success. He's a guy who has scored at the NHL level and has been a contributor to a cup champion. So at 29 years old at three and a half million dollars, that's not cost prohibitive. That's not a big deal. And if he can come back to any semblance of what he was the two seasons prior, then, hey, that, that's, that's a guy that can help and, and add some veteran presence to a team that, that is very, very young.
0: And I know I'm not going to sit here, obviously, and re litigate the trade. We already did that in our uh, last edition of the podcast. But I know when we were kind of discussing the deal, a lot of our focus was on uh, Henrik Borgstrom, right? We were kind of focused on that portion of the trade as kind of the crux of it and what will ultimately decide whether it's a success or a failure. Um, I do think that to a degree, and especially judging by the way the Blackhawks seem to be deploying him tonight, I think Brett Conley is probably going. To be maybe a bigger component of that trade than we had previously thought. You alluded to that uh, the cap hit, obviously. Not a significant one for a guy who does have 100 career NHL goals under his belt, and I think that that's something maybe that it's easy to lose sight of when you look at a guy like Borgstrom and you kind of think about where that talent could potentially fit in on the Blackhawks. The other thing I kind of zero in on with Bowman's comments about the trade is the physicality aspect of it because I feel like we heard that note sounded a few different times Mm -hmm. when it comes to guys that the Blackhawks are bringing in in some of these deals, and they're kind of trying to give themselves – a little bit of a different look I mean you've seen them try to get into the track meet games this season and it's not like it's really worked out for them and I know they were really big on the speed front right especially the year that they drafted Henry Okahari. that's all Stan Bowman freaking talked about was that he wanted this to be a faster and a more athletic team and now it kind of seems a little bit like he's starting to go in the opposite direction with some of these acquisitions and obviously you're never gonna be a full-on bruiser team you're not gonna be the Peter Lyle Nashville Predators who just beat, or sorry, the Barry Trotz Nashville Predators who just like to beat the crap out of you in the neutral zone all the time. That's not what the Blackhawks are going to be, but adding some balance and adding some physicality to that mix could only be a good thing. And it did seem like Stan Bowman kind of tried to target some of those uh, skill sets of this trade deadline.
1: Well, definitely. And all these moves sort of fit that mold. Let's, let's hear this piece of audio on Riley Stillman real quick. Uh, this is again from Stan Bowman earlier this week.
2: Riley was a big part of this trade too. I think, uh, when you, if you watch him play, uh, he's a different style than almost all of our young defensemen that we have. He's in that same age bracket and, uh, you know, he doesn't have a lot of NHL experience, but I thought it was impressive last year when he came in breaking into the league, he he played almost over 19 minutes a night, which is a pretty heavy load for a young defenseman. I think he, he showed a lot of promise, um, the biggest thing with him is his competitiveness, his uh, r- aggressive style. Uh, you know, when he's on the ice, you know, he's on the ice. He, he plays hard. He's he takes pride in the defensive part of the game, which I think is something that uh, is important, clearly. Uh, you know, you, you want to have players that can make plays and join the rush and uh, create offense. But I think you have to have some defensemen that really uh, are stable defenders and penalty killers and bring a little bit of that competitive spirit and Riley's that way. So uh, I think it's a really nice compliment compliment to our young defenseman that we have here. So we're, you know, we're trying to build that group up and sometimes you have to take some different styles for, for, to put it together to, to make your team effective.
1: It's funny with the stuff that, Bowman said about these guys earlier in the week is exactly what they both showed in their first game. And I like that. He said, when Stillman's out there, you notice him. And he was very noticeable. Extremely 21, 23 of ice time, two shots on goal, four more shot attempts, four hits, two block shots. He was jumping into the offense. You mentioned earlier, James sort of working their way into the system and figuring things out. You saw in that first goal, when Seth Jones made that insane pass to Stefan uh for that breakaway goal, That was Stillman's guy. He got caught up ice a little bit and wasn't able to get the stick on it, and and next thing you know, Mato's behind him. But those are the little things he's going to learn over time. But overall, I really noticed Stillman in a good way in this game, and I I was really impressed with what he brought to the Blackhawks tonight.
0: I completely agree, and like you said, I... We always kind of are looking for guys who are noticeable in a good way. Mm -hmm. It's usually something like with guys like Adam Boquist, we tend to like when we don't notice him in a bad way because it means he's a little bit more uh, defensively responsible, I guess. But in the case of Stillman, I definitely did notice him make a couple of really nice plays tonight. I did like the kind of mix of physicality and kind of the aggressiveness and getting up the ice that he did show in the game. I'm curious to see more of obviously of his game because he does have kind of A limited um, NHL experience. I do believe he's played. I think it's tonight was his 44th NHL game. It's not like he's had a whole load of experience. So he is a guy I'm kind of interested to see how he develops. I'm interested to see the way the Blackhawks end up deploying him and kind of the situations that they try to like keep him in when everybody's actually healthy and contributing. But I did like the kind of first audition that we saw to Stillman tonight, and with the way the Blackhawks are kind of operating with their young defenseman, I say give them as many minutes as possible because you really do need to see what you have in this group before you start getting into the NHL draft and into free agency later this summer.
1: I wonder what this Stillman addition, just knowing that Zadorov was made available and they bring in this big defenseman and Stillman, I wonder if this says something about Zdorov's future here. I don't know, you know. Is Zdorov eligible for the
0: expansion draft?
1: Ah, that's a good question. I think what I was reading today, after all the trades were made... Um, basically said that Kelvin DeHaan is guaranteed to be exposed in the... absolutely will be exposed because yeah. they
0: got rid of Madison Bowie, a guy that they had basically signed explicitly to be exposed in the expansion draft.
1: Right, and it was a concern if I think it was something about DeHaan reaching a games played number that would make him available. There is some; it's all very convoluted and complicated. But um, look, I, I I I think I like Zadorov more than most. We talk about this a lot. If he's going to sign here for $4 million or less for a couple of years, I'll take a gamble that he's going to get better, right? I, 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 just, I think there has been some good from him, and I think a lot of people are judging his play based on who he was traded for, which is never fair to the player. You could hate the trade, but it doesn't mean you should hate the guy until he proves otherwise, right? He's 25. He's got some NHL time under his belt. He's a big dude. Seems like a good teammate. Um, so I'm not totally throwing him out the window, but I think this Stillman thing... And the scratch tonight, that might just be to send zadora a message like, hey, man, we know we traded a, a really good player for you, but nothing for you is guaranteed here. You're not you're not penciled into the Hawks lineup for the next two, three years. You, you've got to you've got to right. prove it and you've got to earn it.
0: Yeah, you're definitely not guaranteed a spot in this thing when all said and done. Obviously, he's going into, you know, this situation thinking he's at least got a little bit of an advantage based on what the Blackhawks gave up to get him. But I will say Stan Bowman will give up on a guy if he has to. It's he obviously wants all the guys that he goes out and acquires to succeed but he's also probably gonna say you know what I gotta cut bait with this especially with you know my job potentially on the line if this kind of whole rebuilding thing doesn't work so I think Stan could work with some dispassion in that department and I think that Colleton, uh making him a healthy scratch tonight is probably a good sign of that that the organization isn't willing to just say yeah we gave up this this and this for you we're gonna you know keep running you out there even if you don't maybe necessarily deserve it
1: you know I was talking to a source this week um about just the Hawks in general it's kind of a casual conversation and the um the name of John McDonough came up and I sort of pried a little bit like you know it seems like Stan is operating differently with McDonough out of the picture and the source told me that yeah you know McDonough was involved a lot more than even people in the organization knew you know Bowman knew, and the people that worked directly for Stan knew, but some of the underlings, you know, maybe some of the scouts, maybe some of the other people in the organization, didn't really know the influence John McDonough had. I think he was fired about a year ago. Aren't I? Am I right? It was about. I, I'm trying to remember the day McDonough was fired. It was. Fired. It was
0: sometime. Yeah, it was during the pandemic. I think that your your sense of timing is probably about right on that, but it. I honestly feel like maybe McDonough wanted the team to stay as competitive as possible to the detriment of future success, and maybe Stan kind of got tired of that meddling, and maybe Rocky Wirtz sided with Stan. I know we've had that uh, conversation before, and that, I mean, it still kind of stands to reason with me that that could have been something that happened.
1: I just feel like since then, things have become so much more clear about what they're trying to do, Right. Just the approach at the deadline. The they weren't trying to hang on for a playoff run. They're not going to go add somebody to help because they're close to a playoff spot. Maybe it's because they don't have to sell tickets, and that takes that pres- <laughs> that takes the pressure off for sure. But I don't know. I, I just it just feels like anecdotally that Bowman's had more of a clear plan since McDonough has left. Anyway, the Madhouse Podcast is brought to you by our friends at Doctor Squatch Natural Soap. Company, we have talked about Dr. Squatch for almost a year now. Uh, and if you've not tried, now is the time. New users can save 20% if they use the promo code MADHOUSE20 on their first order. It also helps the podcast when you do that, which we greatly appreciate. It's homemade. not homemade, (laughs) not made someone's like meth lab slash bathroom. Literally
0: made it in their bathtub. It was amazing. It's
1: handmade in the USA, natural soap and skin and hair care products. I love the bar soaps, the shampoo, the conditioner, the deodorant, the toothpaste. Everything Dr. Squatch has is great. It's all natural. And if you care about your body and your skin, invest in yourself, invest in Dr. Squatch, go to drsquatch.com. Again, first time users use that promo code madhouse20 to save on your order and help out the podcast. All right, James, let's tie a bow on the Hawks and Blue Jackets. And then we will get to the trade deadline and all the specifics thereof on the other side. Anything else you want to observe? Uh, Well, you know what? I'll say one thing. Pat Foley, stop talking crap about Patrick Line because every time he does it patrick line shoves it up the hawks butts
0: My what God. did pat foley like switch uh brains with uh john tortorella oh he was just like yeah
1: you know he hasn't done much He's been, uh, you know he's been kind of floating through the season as he's making an end-to-end rush blowing past every black hawk like good lord shut yeah. up <laughs> just if you believe in you know uh karma or whatever <laughs> you should not be talking
0: please stop <laughs> But yeah, anyway, I, what do you got? I was going to say, I've got a few things, just real quick kind of hitters on this game. Mm-hmm. Loved that Kurashev scored a goal tonight. Obviously, we had discussed him a little bit when he was kind of struggling to find his rhythm. Uh, he was, ended up being a healthy scratch for the Blackhawks. Won seven out of 10 faceoffs tonight and scored a goal, so good for him. Uh, Patrick Kane his 14th multi-point game of the season tonight had 10 shots on goal tonight Patrick Kane did so kudos to him as well and then finally Brandon Hagel that Mm -hmm. overtime game winning shot that was some sexy stuff and I did love that he kind of mentioned that the media has made a big deal out of the fact that he doesn't shoot the puck well and that that one. That, that was a good one, Mr. Hagel. I know that uh, <laughs> your hockey father, uh, Russ Dorsey, was very proud of you.
1: Yeah, I agree with you on all those. One more guy I want to mention, too. Wyatt Kelnick is really growing into a nice player. Good puck Isn't movement. Isn't he? Good Jeez, vision. He Man, I mean, just, uh, you know, the fact that Ian Mitchell has kind of become an afterthought since his, you know, his, uh, what's the word I'm looking for, arrival, I guess. kelnick has been really, really good and should not be taken out of the lineup he's been terrific so uh really pleased with the way he played the guys you mentioned as well and uh for me the the impact immediately of Connolly, and i think even more so riley stillman uh i'm very pleased with what i've seen um from the blackhawks uh you know in terms of things that really matter i think nothing but encouraging things from there
0: I would completely agree, and it is kind of amazing that we came into the season with this massively inflated expectation of what Ian Mitchell was going to end up doing, and I still obviously am not willing to pull the plug on him. I'm not not going to say that Ian Mitchell has had, obviously, a bad season or anything like that, but yeah, Kalanick is kind of he's surpassing him just a little bit on the old uh, depth chart there. I think that the Blackhawks have shown some serious trust in him. I think that he's really acquitted himself well, and I would love – Love to see him be part of this regular six-man rotation and not to sub back out when some of these uh, veteran guys uh, obviously uh, need playing time.
1: Yeah, well, good 4-3 win for the Hawks. It wasn't necessarily pretty, but they win the game in overtime on Brandon Hagel's OT winner. Before we take a break and get to all of our full trade deadline reaction, I want to welcome our newest sponsor, Kent Simpson of the Simpson Law Group. After over a decade of... Of prosecuting homicide cases. And as, as an assistant, Cook County State's attorney, Kent opened his own firm over 20 years ago, specializing in all forms of personally injury cases. His firm's results speak for themselves with millions recovered for their clients. Cinsen Law Group charges no fees unless they win for you. Call for a free consultation. 312-332-2107 or visit Cinsenlawgroup.com. Don't go off sides. Go top shelf. Call now. Kent is a huge Hockey fan. He is a hockey player. Played D2 hockey and still plays beer league hockey. He said the name of his teams are The Lawyers and Old and In The Way. Um, I definitely relate with the second team name. Not so much the first one. Never been a lawyer. Never been accused of being that. Uh, But Old and In The Way is how I feel most days, James, honestly. So go visit Kent. Again, that's SinsonLawGroup.com. 312-332-2107. And Sinson is spelled S I N S O. And we'll be right back with a whole lot more on the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast.
0: The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in, friends. This is the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. We've been talking about the Blackhawks' victory over the Columbus Blue Jackets this evening and... The NHL trade deadline. The uh, Blackhawks, um, they did a few things. They ended up making four separate deals today to wrap up the trade deadline season they've made six in the last 10 days jay and i have already kind of gone over the big trade of that bunch which is the acquisition of uh, brett conley riley stillman and henrik borgstrom from the panthers but now jay we're gonna get into the nitty-gritty of the four count them four (laughs) trades that the chicago blackhawks made today and jay i think it's probably good To just do these in chronological order, and that would be to start with the first one, the Blackhawks send Matthew Highmore to the Vancouver Canucks in a blockbuster deal for former fifth-round pick and Hobie Baker Award winner Adam Gaudette. Jay, let's talk about this dude. So from everything I've seen, no
1: one in there has said Vancouver won this trade, right? No. You and I have talked about the fourth-line farm And how Matthew Highmore is the absolute identification of the fourth line crop, right? Like he is just a guy. He's good. Like he's fine. He does his job well. He plays hard. He's got a little bit of offensive game to him, but he is your quintessential dime a dozen fourth liner. Adam Gaudette is more than that. Now, what more he can be remains to be seen. So I reached out to my friend Randeep Janda from Sportsnet 650 in Vancouver, and he's the host of Hockey Night Punjabi. He sent me a brief scouting report on Gaudette, so let's give that a listen. This is a guy who has seen every game Godet has ever
0: played. Hey, it's Randeep Janda with a scouting report on the new Chicago Blackhawk, Adam Gaudette. Let's start with the strengths. He's got offensive upside. He had 33 points last year. He's got a good shot and can pick the corner. He mostly played in the bottom six and got looks on power play, too. But a completely different story this year. He took a step back and the offense simply wasn't there. The big question with Gaudette is, what is he? Is he skilled enough to play in your top six? In Vancouver, he couldn't get past Bo Horvat or Elias Pettersson on a depth chart. And defensively, he's simply not good enough at the center position. Can he be trusted defensively as a center? Or is he better off as a winger? That's the big question for Gaudette as he heads to Chicago. 33
1: points last season. Yep, for Matthew Highmore, that is a deal I'm happy to make.
0: Absolutely, I mean there, um, and it's no brainer. Go ahead, sorry, buddy. No,
1: you're good. you It's just it's it's to me it's a no brainer. Highmore, if it you can find a thousand Matthew Highmores anytime you want, a guy like Godet who you know he's a, 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 still a bit of an unknown, maybe a bit of an underachiever. Uh, it's hard to say that for a fifth round pick who had 33 points, but they expected bigger things from him this season, and it hasn't gone that way. But a weird year. The other thing to note, and Sam Bowman's going to mention this in a moment, he was hit hard by COVID. He was just cleared off the COVID list on uh, Sunday. So he should be ready to go when the Hawks play Thursday, but he might have some lingering effects because he didn't just have COVID. He was down and out with COVID.
0: Yeah, I heard the same thing. I talked to a... uh... Vancouver Canucks podcaster uh, named Chris Faber. It was the Canucks conversation. He reached out to me and asked me if I could give him a morsel of hope or something about <laughs> Matthew Highmore and bait. And I said, he's basically a standard fourth liner plays with energy, has a bit of physicality, not a ton of offensive upside and not the greatest defensive forward ever, but I would argue he's not irresponsible. So he's a dude and that's essentially what I told him and then he literally came back to me and was like yeah the Blackhawks won that trade <laughs> he, he, he was telling me that obviously God a great guy off the ice said his offensive skills if he can develop them would make him potentially a top six guy not a great face-off winner which I'm sure we can talk about the fact the Blackhawks basically have like no one now that can win faceoffs. Yeah, that's it's rough. um pretty bad but he said that one thing to keep an eye out on for the blackhawks if they want to use him in this way a great boost potentially to the second power play unit has a great shot from the left side on one timers boy jay who did that sound like
1: one trick pony
0: that sounds like one trick pony to me not saying he'll be <laughs> artemi panarin but if they're gonna no use you just him, said that i he- heard you say I, okay, James he's, he's the next Artemi Panarin. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Um, I was saying he's going to fill kind of the Alex Dobrynkit, Artemi Panarin role on the power play. Feed him the puck in the left dot and let him rip. Look, that's th- basic. That's what it seems like he could potentially do, at least according to Chris Faber. Thank you to him for reaching out to me and uh, listen to the Canucks Conversation Podcast. I'm going to I'm gonna do that to hear how they uh, react to Matthew Highmore when he starts playing. So 6'1", 170, 24 years old.
1: For a guy who's been exclusively bottom six and has put up 33 points i'm very interested to see what god brings to the hawks let's hear what sam bowman had to say about the acquisition today
2: adam uh adam's a, a right-handed center that um good-sized kid and he's coming off a, a good season last year He hasn't been as good this year you know the numbers haven't been there but uh we certainly see the potential and and what he brings to the table uh he's he's a player we're we're pretty familiar with. Uh, he was the line mate for Dylan at, at Northeastern. So we've seen, seen Adam play a lot and, uh, I thought he had a really good year last year. So, um, you know, we're trying to recapture some of that, but you know, he does bring us uh, a little bit more size and the fact that he's a right-handed center. Um, that's something we, we don't have a lot of up and down our lineup. So, uh, as far as the, the COVID situation, um, yeah, I know he was on the list, and I know he, uh, I don't really want to get into his actual health, but I, I talked to him today and he's excited. He's, he's really uh, looking forward. Can't wait to get to Chicago and get back on the ice. So I think, um, you know, from that perspective, it should be all systems go. So there you have it.
1: There's the scouting report on Adam Gaudette. Uh, looks like, sounds like, I don't know what the quarantine thing is. Getting. This has still been really unclear, by the way on what the quarantine period is going to be. Now, this is a guy coming from Canada to the the United States, so he may not be ready to go by Thursday, Um, but when he is, the Hawks will be, uh, you know, I'm sure he'll be in the lineup right away because uh, this is a guy with some NHL skins on the wall. All right, next trade, the one we all knew was coming. (laughs) The Blackhawks trade Matthias Janmark and a fifth-round pick. To the Vegas Golden Knights for a second round pick and a third round pick. The San Jose Sharks got involved in there somehow to make some things happen, but it doesn't affect the Hawks in, the, in any way. So they give up Yanmark in a fifth, they get back a second and a third. I like Yanmark. You like Yanmark. We all like Yanmark. But this is a hell of a return. Looking at some of the deals that got made and some of the returns on guys, they got a hell of a return for Matthias Yanmark.
0: I would completely agree with that. I will also say the Blackhawks did have to retain half of Yanmark's uh, salary, and apparently, according to Cap Friendly, the Sharks also took on half of Yanmark's contract, so the Golden Knights got him for free. Sure, uh, but see, I thought that, that was
1: re- that's the benefit no. of this year is they're able to take on this money. It's gone when the season's over, yep. and if they say, "Look, give us a third round pick two, and we'll we'll pay half a salary," great. I'll, I'll yep. pay you half a million bucks or whatever it is for a, for a third round for a third round pick.
0: Let's yeah, go. I 100% agree with that. And especially for a guy like you said, he signed to a one year deal, had cooled off recently. I think I saw a stat somewhere at one point his last six games. So, yeah, he does have 10 goals and nine assists this season. He's had a pretty solid year for the Blackhawks, has cooled off lately. You do want to give some other guys a look. I thought that. The Blackhawks would potentially be able to get a second or a third round pick for him. The fact they got a second and a third is a pretty solid deal for a dude who's probably only gonna play about fifteen or so games for the Sharks this season. I really or sorry, for the Golden Knights and then whatever they do in the playoffs. I thought it was a really strong deal for the Blackhawks. Those draft picks in that second and third round are traditionally Areas where Stan Bowman does do Better than his like first round Picks usually I mean that's where you get guys Like Alex to and things like that So that's to me an interesting move For the Blackhawks to pick up picks in that Range I think they can use those To full advantage and obviously giving up A fifth round pick next year woo, Whatever you got a third Round pick out of the deal so Strong I liked this move a lot for the Blackhawks I would say this is probably I know the Vancouver Canucks Fans will probably say getting Gaudette for or Matthew Highmore is probably more one-sided than this. I really dig this return for Matthias mark. I think Stan Bowman did well with this one.
1: Well, and look, if I'm looking at this deal from the perspective of a Golden Knights fan. I'm saying, okay, that's probably a little more than I would love to give but that's a really solid player to add to
0: a deep team that expects to go deep into the playoffs. What did we say all year about Matthias Janmark? He would have been a hell of an addition to a third line for the 2013 or 2015 Blackhawks. Absolutely. And that's where the Golden Knights are right now. Yep, and that's going to be,
1: I think for them, that they're going to like that they made that move too. Kind of reminds me when the Hawks got Andrew Ladd the second time. Even though it didn't work out, it was the right move to make at the time. And I know, that whatever, we're not going to get into 10 years old history all right the next trade the Hawks trade Carl Soderberg to Colorado for forwards Josh Dickinson who seems to be the newest crop and the- I cannot find anything on this guy uh, aside from career minor leaguer so maybe you've got your new Matthew Highmore on him and Notre Dame's Ryder Ralston he is the son of Stanley Cup champion former NHL player Brian Ralston devils and wild I know some other teams were in there as well. Yep. Here's Stan Bowman on Ryder Ralston.
2: Ryder, we got a chance to see often this year. He was playing at Notre Dame when we were there watching Landon Slaggart. Um So uh, pretty familiar with his game. I think uh, very good skater, and he brings some size and speed um, to the game. And I think uh, you know he's he's young. He just finished his freshman year, so he's got you know plenty of development ahead of him. But I think those two attributes, like when you go to watch Notre Dame play, um, you'll notice him because he's a, he's a pretty good-sized kid that really can skate. So, uh, you know, as far as putting the whole game together, you know, he, he, uh, he had a pretty good year last year in the USHL and, you know, not as, not as much offense this year. But, you know, uh, I think there's more there. Um, and I had a chance to chat with him briefly. Uh, you know, he was really excited to – to be part of the Blackhawks organization. And um, we're, we're looking forward to getting a chance to work with them soon here.
1: Ryder Ralston, Notre Dame zone. Stan Bowman likes those Notre Dame dudes. And I, I can't argue with him.
0: He's smart for I that mean, way. boy, howdy, does he? I mean, look, you got <laughs> Brad Morrison who played at Notre Dame. Obviously, you drafted Slaggard. He plays at Notre Dame. Uh, you had also acquired, I'm. Tr- I'm uh, was it Cale Morris, I think, the goaltender? Morrison. Uh, Oh, I thought I thought it was Cale Morris. I thought Brandon. I thought Brad Morrison was the other guy. Both Notre Dame players. Okay, anyway, right. um, Rudy Benny Rudiger. Hinnistro- they
1: got Rudy Rudiger.
0: Vinny Henestrosa also played at Notre Dame. Chris Zorich. Um, yeah, lots of lots of idiots Jerome I'm Bettis. A, I'm making a point here that Stan Bowman has a freaking Notre Dame bias because he went there. Joe, Montana. You're trying to undermine my. I'm gonna hit you with a bat. That's <laughs> what I'm gonna do. Get out. <laughs> You know what? I hope Notre Dame loses in the in the uh, college football playoff every single year.
1: Um, James? <laughs> they do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm
1: sorry. I'm sorry to derail your thought. But, yeah, lots of Notre Damers. Uh, and, I, you know, cool, great, awesome. Draft who you know. And Sam Bowman's at a lot of Notre Dame games. All right, and, so hey, you
0: know what? There are worse things to do. Than, dra- than trading for a guy that you've seen play that many times if you are going to Notre Dame to see Slaggart play. I'm not opposed to that. No. And it's not like Carl Soderberg is a guy who's really... I, I, yeah, he's played a decent role for you this season, but another one-year rental, another guy who's going to have a lot more value for the Avalanche than he's going to have for the Blackhawks. Obviously, to me, Rolston is the bigger figure in this deal. Dickinson, I can take relief. leave. I mean, ooh, Utah Grizzlies. I can't wait to see what Dickinson does for the the Blackhawks but I definitely am intrigued by Rolston and I'm interested to see the way that he ends up developing with the Irish obviously a fifth round pick in last year's draft probably play another two or three college seasons let's see how the kid develops I'm, I'm intrigued by him and Slaggart gives us a reason to watch some Notre Dame hockey
1: all right and the last deal of the day Madison Bowie and a fifth round pick to the Vancouver Canucks for a fourth round pick cool I forgot Bowie was part of the organization. Like you mentioned earlier, he was brought in as uh, expansion draft protection. These are the sort of moves, by the way, these things that Sam Bowman does that he will never get credit for because they're unsexy, but they're very savvy just to protect himself from losing someone he wants. He he made that signing knowing, all right, get this guy in, play him a few times, and then we can expose him if we need to. They no longer need to. So they trade him and get an asset. Cool. Yeah, the
0: Blackhawks, they picked up, what, three picks in this year's draft ahead of the deadline and a third-round pick in next year's draft, too. Yeah, I think, all in all,
1: this is what we thought this trade deadline would look like when we saw what the Hawks were doing, bringing in Yanmark, bringing in Soderbergh, On one year deal, saying, okay, you know, let these kids develop. And if they do, they can flip these guys for assets at the deadline. It's exactly what happened. Stan did not abandon the plan because they've been a little more competitive. I am very pleased with how this trade deadline has gone. And look, bringing in Hines Rosa, you're getting an NHL player that's still pretty young for a guy who's not an NHL player. And I like Borkstrom, the idea of bringing him in, and they really like him. And it seems to them, It seems to me that he, of all the guys they've acquired here over the last few weeks, that's the key guy. That's the one we should be the most interested in and keep an eye on.
0: Yeah, I know. And I know we had mentioned that earlier, obviously, when we were talking about the – first trade, the trade that brought in uh, Stillman and Conley and I think that it is going to be important to see what Stillman and Conley do this season I'm intrigued to see where Stillman kind of fits in in their plans going into next season but then yeah Borgstrom is the centerpiece of that deal after this season the Blackhawks are gonna do their best obviously get him over here from Finland and to see what he's got in the tank their European scouting is always so good and uh, you always want to give them the benefit of the doubt on basically anybody that they're going Going to bring over from that continent and i really i can't wait to see him over here i thought that the blackhawks did a really nice job of turning the short-term assets that they had on the roster into maybe some longer term uh, things obviously no real blockbuster moves but honestly there weren't a ton of blockbuster moves to be made, and there were barely any made in general. I think the biggest deal was probably Mantha going to the Capitals and then Richard Panic heading to Detroit. They also got a first round and a second round pick in that deal, right? I think that was kind of the yeah. one big salvo that got fired today.
1: Yeah, that was, that was the – and, of course, Taylor Hall gets traded and Nick Felino gets traded. By the way, I really like that Felino move for Toronto. That's a good player who a lot of people don't really know because he's in Columbus, which is basically – playing in obscurity but nick Felino on a good deep team that that's you you talk about like good playoff ads that one's going to be huge all right something we got to earlier james you mentioned and stan even mentioned in a few of the cuts adding size let's take a look here uh, stillman 6'1 196 23 years old borgstrom 6'3 199 23 years old Connolly 6'3 198 he turns 29 next month gaudette 6'1 170 Dickinson, 6'2", 195. Ralston, 6'2", 175. He's 19 years old. The Hawks are actively adding size to the roster. And this was one of the complaints a lot of people had over the last few years was they've got scoring, but they don't have anyone that can slow you down. And when you look at the way the playoffs have gone the last few years with the Blues and, you know, with Dallas and with Tampa, like they've got big forwards and big defensemen that can stop you. Think the Hawks maybe a little late got on that trend, but they quickly added a lot of size to the organization. And Stan Bowman talked about that uh, in today's press conference.
2: I guess with the exception of Vinny, um, you know, I think in that deal we got uh, you know an NHL player for a player that wasn't in the NHL. So other than that, most of the guys we've added have an element of size to their game. Um, even the the player from Notre Dame, you know, Ryder's a, a pretty good sized kid, really good skater. So we we have. We've looked at that, and I think that's something that I, I don't ever want to get a player just because he's big. But if they have other attributes that you like and they have good size, I think that's something that uh, we're trying to you know slowly add to our mix. And I think uh, so that the players that we brought in here, whether it's Stillman or Connolly or uh, some other guys around uh, Goddad in particular, those guys bring a little bit more size to our group. And I think that's something that... Um, will help us as we go forward.
1: So there there you go. Stan Bowman on adding size uh to the Blackhawks at the deadline. Uh real quick, I want to tell you about our friends at Fry the Coop and FryTheCoop.com, the best Nashville hot chicken you'll ever have. I drove by the Fry the Coop in Tinley today. Big line. Lots of cars. People are digging the new Fry the Coop location in Tinley Park. Go to frythecoop.com place your order online, go pick up the best damn hot chicken you'll ever have. Oakland, Elmhurst, Westtown, Prospect Heights, and now in Tinley Park, the tenders, the donut chicken sandwich, the chicken and waffles, everything there is fantastic. We will warn you as we do every week. The hot is hot. If you think you're a tough guy, I don't know, I'm getting, I can handle hot stuff. I get the hot at B-dubs. Not the same, buddy. The hot is hot. Be warned. But if you are a true badass, there's two levels above hot. If you want to challenge yourself, go to frythecoop.com, place your order. Come get your happiness at fry the coop. All right, James, before we wrap this puppy up, anything you want to add ahead of Thursday's game against
0: Detroit? Or I think we've done a pretty good job getting to literally everything. My goodness, what a busy day for the Blackhawks. What a busy couple of days for Chicago. Obviously, we've still got a few games left here in the season. I think we're at, what, 14 games left now, something like that. It's bumming the, me out, to be honest. It, that it's already almost over? Yeah. Yeah. We, we might seriously have to do. I know if the Blackhawks don't make the playoffs this year, I really do think we need to follow up on our threat to adopt a team to podcast about for the playoff run. I think that that might <laughs> finally be something. We need more hockey in our lives, man. 56 games, definitely not enough. I'm glad that next season it sounds like it's going to start on time at least and we'll get the full 82, but... I'm kind of not ready for this to be over. It's been an intriguing and a fun season, and, yeah, let's get through this stretch run, man, and hopefully the Blackhawks can uh, keep things interesting. Let's uh, let's hope for that starting on Thursday night in Detroit. By the way, Jay, I wanted to hit you one last trivia question, buddy. All right. Who is the only team in the NHL that the Carolina Hurricanes have a losing record against this season?
1: Oh, you just said their name, so I'm going to say Detroit.
0: That is correct, man. (laughs) They're the only team the the Hurricanes have a losing record against this year. They lost again, I believe, tonight. That's just wild, man. The Carolina Hurricanes need to get the hell out of Detroit and never go back. I think they'd be happy with that. (laughs) (laughs) I love Detroit. Don't give me My one trip to Detroit
1: was magical. I loved it, but... Uh, not a great place if you're on the road for a week, I would say. All right. That's going to do it for this edition of the Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast. Like we said, the Hawks play Thursday postgame podcast. yeah, Maybe I'll probably be itching to talk some hockey and maybe James will be too. So we'll talk to you very, very soon. Thanks for tuning in. Um, hey, make sure uh, you tell a friend about the podcast. That's really helpful. Those five-star reviews on iTunes are hugely helpful for us. That's those are like gold. So if you don't want to kick in any money on our Patreon, a five star review goes a long, long way. But this is an episode that James and I are really proud of. So tell a friend this is a go in to get people started on the Madhouse podcast. So with that, we're going to wrap things up. Thanks for listening. We always appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time on the Madhouse podcast.
2: The Madhouse Chicago Hockey Podcast was brought to you by Fry the Coop, Triple Threat Sports, Dr. Squatch, and by the In Law Group.